we got London on the track. We been money like we never did, yeah. So we gon' throw this money like it never been here. I'ma eat it from the back like I never did, yeah. So she gon' throw it back like she never did, Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening or watching. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to whatever DSP you're listening to. I appreciate it. But today, we're going to start... Today, we're going to start with Dwayne Haskins and the Washington football team. Now we know that I am a I'm a fan of the Washington football team. I'm born and raised in uh, the DMV, and here's a, here's the thing, man. Washington as a as a as a place is really forgiving for a lot of their quarterbacks, seeing as though we haven't seen real success since what, like 1993. I mean, yeah, we've had some good quarterbacks like we've had RG3 and that's about it. <laughs> but you know, we 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 understand that Washington isn't the hotbed when it comes to quarterbacking. Now, how does it, what does this have to do with Dwayne Haskins? Dwayne Haskins to yesterday was released from Washington. Now, it wasn't just now Sunday they had a chance they as in the Washington football team had a chance to secure their spot in this year's playoffs. All they had to do was beat the uh Carolina Panthers who were who's been struggling this entire season, but they had to beat the Carolina Panthers and they would have they would have been in the playoffs. Next week really wouldn't have mattered. Now, Alex Smith has been the quarterback for the Washington football team most of the year. He's most definitely winning the comeback play of the year, especially what happened with, oh, we all know what happened with his leg and everything. But Alex Smith was out with a calf injury, and Dwayne Haskins had to be the quarterback. Now, Dwayne Haskins, was the he had to come in the game before when he looked awful. And here's the thing about Dwayne Haskins, man. Dwayne Haskins, I understand First of all, he was the he was a first round pick, fifteenth overall, and I understand that it takes a quarterback a while to let me. Say, it takes a quarterback some. I'm not gonna say a while. It takes a quarterback some time to understand the offense, understand how to be a quarterback in the league. I mean, the NFL is most definitely not college football, and it's most definitely not high school. So. I understand that it takes a minute. And coming out of Ohio State, a lot of people, including myself, thought, yeah, he's he's very talented and he has he has God-given abilities. However, he wasn't in college for a long time. Not to mention he was playing behind some player like he was playing behind JT Barrett. He was playing behind Cordell Pat or Cordell Patters, Cordell Stewart, Cordell whatever his last name is. He was playing behind those people. So the one year that he started, which was an incredible year, he then goes to the league. Now, again, we I understand that there are so there's so much talent in him. It's just he hasn't put it all together coming into the league. Now, the thing is, when you are a quarterback, I understand it's difficult when you have a new system and you have you know a new coach a new offensive coordinator new defensive coordinator new players I get that but there's a difference when and I understand that coronavirus hit and and that definitely affected the offseason I I also understand that but here's the thing about Dwayne here's there's a there's a thing the culture with the NFL is it's a business, first and foremost. And you do not want to bring bad business, especially if you're not the best quarterback. It'll be different if you're Patrick Mahomes and you're throwing the ball everywhere and, and making incredible passes and make and, and winning. But when you're a quarterback who has struggled in his entire time here, I think what, two years now, it's like, yeah, you know, it's 
on top of struggling, again, the one thing that we know about any league, whether that's the NFL, whether that's NBA, talent kind of supersedes all. Now, it shouldn't be that case, but talent supersedes all. And when I say that, you can have a, you can come with a lot of baggage. You can come with the most baggage ever. However, if you're talented, a lot of those times you like people will forgive said baggage because you produce on the field. Case in point, look at Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown almost every offseason since leaving uh Pittsburgh had there's something going on with Antonio Brown. And Time and time again, he continues to get second chances. Hell, he had a second chance and multiple second chances in Pittsburgh. He had a second chance uh, when the Raiders picked him up. He had a second chance when the Patriots picked him up. And now he has a second chance with the or multiple chances with Green uh, Tampa Bay. Because he produces on the field and is arguably one of the best wide receivers at the top of his game, he continues to get second chances. Here's when you bring in Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins has, let's just talk about this season. This season, he his coach, Ron Rivera, we all know about his struggle with cancer and ultimately overcoming. But Dwayne Haskins, now COVID has changed a lot of things. COVID has made it no fans in a lot of the stands. Uh, it's changed the way that the team travels. Hell, it changed the way the media travels. I am I I work in the media, and we got to get COVID tests m- most of the, like m- multiple days before the event. But back to Dwayne Haskins, he snuck. He tried to sneak in a a, a play uh, a young lady into the into the team hotel when they were traveling. That's a no go, especially in 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 COVID stand in COVID land. <laughs> Then he really wasn't that up forth about it with the media and with his coaches. They find him for that. Then we all know about the strip club incident, what, a weekend or two ago when no caught with no mask at the strip club or at some party with young ladies, of course, strippers and stuff like that. And this was after losing a game. Now, Again, I'm not going to sit here and say that Dwayne Haskins is the only player that parties, especially after a loss. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that Dwayne Haskins is a menace to society because he enjoys to have he he enjoys having fun. I'm not. I'm not. uh, No, that's not the case at all. What I will say is this: you have there's a thing there. There is a real thing that goes to reading the room. When I say reading the room, you have to understand the situation at hand. One, you're already dealing with an organization, primarily a coach that isn't too sure about you, seeing as though when he was the starter and Ron Rivera came in, he got demoted from the first string to the third string. You don't see that too often. So you have to read the room. You have to understand that the organization, while they do have faith in you because they drafted you, you know, 15th overall, you all... Ron Rivera didn't draft you, so he doesn't have that connection with you. Dan Snyder might, but he doesn't have that connection with you. So you have to put your best foot forward if you want to impress your new coach. So you have to understand that. You have to also understand your new coach just had cancer, so you know <laughs> he's still very susceptible to this COVID thing. Not to mention, you have to read the room with the COVID. COVID has changed the life for everyone. We'll talk about that a little later in the show, but we the covet has changed life for everyone and especially when you're a professional athlete getting paid millions upon millions you have to abide by these rules especially if you want to get continue to get paid millions of dollars so when you have protocol and and, and the worst part about it is imagine if he would have got covet i understand that he's he's young and it might not affect him like like uh, some people uh, some people, it might affect them completely like people. I don't know. I know it affects people differently. But imagine if he would have got COVID and accidentally gave it to Ron Rivera, who still has a low immune system and 
that could have been catastrophic for him. Or he got his entire offensive line. Like we saw that with, you know, the Ravens. Or we saw that with the Titans. Like, imagine stuff like that. Especially when you're a team going for the playoffs. Now, a lot of thing, a lot of people want to say, well, now he's young and he didn't get COVID, so you, it shouldn't matter. That's not the case. The case is you're not learning from your, from your mistakes. And in COVID land, it is a mistake to do that. It is a mistake to, one, get filmed, get filmed without a mask at a strip club or at a, at a adult event without... One, without a mask. Two, after a loss. And three, you know, that's not the first time you've been caught doing something like this. Now, do I think it was right for Washington to cut Dwayne Haskins? I think so. Now, do I think that Dwayne Haskins is a lost cause? No, I do not. But do I, I think it was the right move to cut him because, one, you're already trying to move in another direction. You know, if that's the case, you know, if you if you were trying to move on with Dwayne Haskins, you wouldn't have demoted him from the first string to the third string. You wouldn't put all your eggs in the basket of, you know, Kyle Allen, then he hurts himself. Then you bring uh, Alex Smith, especially after we know what happened with Alex Smith. So, you know, Ron Rivera and the coaching staff has tried to be with him, but he also understands that, okay, we could win the division. All we had to do was beat the Panthers, and now all we have to do is beat the Eagles next or this week. So, not to mention, he just he he hasn't. I don't know if this is the or now. I understand that this, this is his hometown, and that might he might need a, a change of scenery. I don't think this is the end for Dwayne Haskins. Let's say that. I think that Dwayne Haskins at least has raw talent enough to get picked up from another team. And the, whoever team picks him up, I do think that they'll be able to hopefully be able to he'll, he'll learn from his or this is a, a learning learning situation. Hope he learns from his mistakes, and I hope the the new team and whatever coaching staff and whatever quarterback you're playing behind is able to you know grow him and teach him how to be a quarterback and teach him how to be in the league. Because at the end of the day, you can be a great player, but if you're not if <laughs> If you're not improving, especially being a first overall, I mean, a first round pick, then, it, you know, it's, 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 you know, it, not to mention if you're on the, if you, that's, that's what it is. If you're off the field baggage starts to be more than you're on the field baggage, then at some point you got to be like, you know, it, it, something has to give. So I think that it was the right move because Dwayne Haskins, here's the thing, man. Dwayne Haskins has not looked, he still looks like he did when he first got in the league. He hasn't looked any type better. I know we saw videos of him in the offseason, you know, throwing to uh, Antonio Brown and throwing to other players, but he has not, his progressions are still off. He still has some 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 incredible passes at times and then the next five plays he'll sail it over a a, a wide receiver's head or or at the ground he still his reads are still horrible he still throws the ball to double coverage when he has someone right there in front of him there's video of that by the way that happened on Sunday so again I I, I don't think this is I definitely don't think this is the end for Dwayne Haskins he's too talented for that but I do think that he just needed a change of scenery now that's not excusing what he did in his lack of improvement, his lack of talent, or his lack of you know yeah improvement. But I do think that you know a new organization, a new coaching staff might help him at least develop into a decent quarterback. You know what I mean? Because right now <laughs> he just, he he's not he hasn't panned out and he's not panning out. So you know that yeah yeah man. Uh, yeah. Again, shouts out to Dwayne Haskins. I, I hope that I wish the best for him, but it just hasn't worked out. And I think I, I know, I mean, he put out a, a statement, and everything, but he would he, even he would tell you it hasn't worked out. You know what I mean? Like you have to know, you have to read the room and understand that the organization. And, and the thing is, you know, that they were at the wits end there. The organization was at their wits end with him because they might need him. They don't know if Alex Smith is coming. I don't Tyler something. I thought it was Tyler Higby, but Tyler Hicka is something. 
they're back. He was playing better than Dwayne Haskins when they came in. Now I think a lot of that might be game planning. The team, you know, the Panthers didn't didn't know who he was, didn't know none of that. So that could be that could have a lot to do with it. But yeah, man, you know that they were at their wits end because again, the team might need him. Because again, you don't know Tyler. You don't know if um, Kyle Allen is still hurt. Nah, nah. You don't, you know, Kyle Allen's not coming back. You know, he broke his ankle, but and you don't know if Alex Smith can come back. I think of Alex, and, and the worst part about it is if Alex Smith was the quarterback on Sunday against the Panthers. I wholeheartedly believe they would have won. And Alex Smith hasn't even been his best. Now, yeah, I get with the whole leg injury, but he hasn't even been that good. So, yeah, I, you know, it's bad when they need you and they still cut you. So, there's that, you know, again, shouts out to Dwayne. I hope. The best form. I know that he'll bounce back, Lord willing. And you know, I, I think that this was this is the best thing that can happen to not only the Washington organization but Dwayne Haskins. Just get away, get, hopefully go to a new team that can utilize him uh, the best way. Hell, I, I I don't know who's gonna pick him up. I know someone will. So there's that. Moving forward, week sixteen brought a lot of excitement and of course I'm not going to talk about all games but I'm going to talk you know the scores and everything I'm not going to go in depth but what I wanted to do first is I wanted to give my top five in the MVP race the season's coming to an end as far as the regular season and we kind of have a clear view of who the top two is but I want to give my top five you know and I understand that only one wins is that in third? And but I, I want to have fun. You know what I'm saying? I want to give my top five. And I'm going to start with number five. Now, this is my list. Again, this is my list. This is the Unpopular Podcast hosted by Jalen Hunter. This is my list. If you have it, I'm sure you probably will have a different list. Give me your list. But this is mine. And I'm going to start with number five, which is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, it has been... One of, if not the best back the entire league. I mean, the entire season. And it actually kind of dates back to last season. I mean, Derrick Henry has been one of the most unstoppable players we've seen in a while. From his size to his to his strength to his speed. He doesn't look like he's that fast. But he is a very fast player. Not to mention, he's probably the toughest running back to tackle. Especially in space. Um, it... Derek, it's Derek Henry is the re now, of course, Ryan Tannehill has played well, except for Sunday, but Ryan Tannehill has played well. But Derek Henry is majority of the reason why the Tennessee Titans have been successful this year and actually has been successful the last two years. And he was a huge reason why they beat the Ravens last year in the playoffs. So and beat the Ravens this year. Now I think about it. So. Number five, I have to put Derrick Henry. The reason why I actually have him at number five and not anywhere higher, one, because the Tennessee Titans still struggle when it comes to big game. I mean, we saw what happened on Sunday. We saw what happened with uh, the the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know that could be, that's not all on him, but when you're, when you're Derrick Henry, I expect you to at least put better. I expect you to have better numbers in games like that. So... I have Derrick Henry at number five. Number four, I have Josh Allen. You have to give credit to the fact that, yeah, you bring in Stephon Diggs, but if you aren't accurate, that doesn't matter the type of player that you have around you. And last year, Josh Allen was one of the least accurate players in all the NFL. This year, he is one of the most accurate. So you saw his improvement, not to mention he's the biggest reason why the Bills are 12 and 3 right now and division winners. It, you know, it <laughs> I understand that the division might be down right now. You have the Miami Dolphins we'll talk about in a minute. You have the 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 Patriots that they just beat last night. You know, but there's a testament to the fact that a lot of people are saying that they are, are are probably the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and because and Josh Allen is is a huge probably the main reason for that. So that's why I have Josh Allen at number 4. Number 3, I have Alvin Kamara. 
First of all, shout out Alvin Kamara for, I believe it was Thursday or Saturday. It was Thursday, I think. For scoring six touchdowns, I think the most since, like, Clinton Porters or something. Like, shouts out to you. And he could have had seven, but Sean Payton was hating. But shouts out to Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has been the most consistent thing this entire season with the Saints. I mean, the Saints' defense is incredible, but they've had lulls. The offense, you know, we know about Drew Brees and his injury, but the law and Michael Thompson's injury, Alvin Kamara has been the most consistent thing alongside Sean Payton's coaching in, you know, in the Saints organization this year. And he has been arguably the best back in the league. His balance is incredible. The way that he's able to see seams and see pockets has been incredible. The way that his running ability along with his catching ability is still top notch. I'm not going to put him above Christian McCaffrey right now because I know Christian McCaffrey has been injured and I want to see what he looks like coming back. But when, if Christian McCaffrey, you know, if he continues his pace, he will he t- arguably is the best back in the league and he is one he is the main reason alongside the Saints defense he is the main reason one of the main reasons why the Saints are Super Bowl contenders and a lot of people have them in the Super Bowl along with their defense alongside what Alvin Kamara and and that offense is doing so i have Alvin Kamara number 3 now you have two and one. Uh, they they pretty much been the same. Now it's funny, man. It this year has been has been crazy. You know, a, a lot of the season you've had. I've had Russell Wilson at the top because you know he he's been incredible. I've had uh, Jeffries, even though I understand you know most the MVP is mostly a quarterback driven stat, but I've had. Uh, Jeffries from the Minnesota Vikings, he's been up there. Dalvin Cook has been up there, but the top two have pretty much been the same. And outside of Russell Wilson, uh, until he started throwing the ball everywhere, but number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you have 4,740 total yards, you have 38 touchdowns, to six interceptions. Patrick Mahomes has been. The most incredible. He he's been Patrick Mahomes. You know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarter is the best player in the league, and he's played like it majority of the year. And I know he had kind of a bad game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, but you know they still won the game. So I have Patrick Mahomes at number two, and the only reason why I have number two is because of number one, which is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers to me has has been. He's had arguably not arguably, he's had one of his best seasons ever. Now, one of his best seasons, not the best season. He's had one of his best seasons in his career. He has four thousand and fifty nine yards, and he has forty four touchdowns, which is a league high, and only five interceptions. Again, it. <laughs> There's not much that you can say about Aaron Rodgers that hasn't been said. You know, a lot of people are, are deeming this season the only reason why Aaron Rodgers is playing good is because they drafted Jordan Love. I don't I don't really I'm not really one to say that. What I'm gonna say is he's playing good because this is the second year with a new coach and they've been incredible. His his connection with Devontae Adams is, is stronger than ever. Aaron Jones has been great. Um, Jamal Williams has been great. Valdez Scantling has come along. So because of that, I have Aaron Rodgers number one. Aaron Rodgers to me right now is my MVP. And I think that unless he loses on Sunday or something, I don't foresee him losing or he loses bad or something. I don't really foresee him losing the the number one spot. So right now I have Aaron Rodgers number one, Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, uh, Josh Allen and Derrick Henry as my top five uh, MVP candidates. So, moving forward, uh, let's just recap Week 16 of the NFL. Um, let's see, let's see. Let's start off with 
the game we saw last night that was that was pretty bad. The Bills beat the Patriots uh, thirty-eight to nine. Um, <laughs> it you know, Josh Allen, which we just talked about the MVP race. He um he has to, he he has thirty-four passing touchdowns, which in a, in a single season, which is a Buffalo record. Again, it, he's incredible. And, and on the Patriots side, you know. Cam Newton didn't have the best game. I'm not gonna lie to you, but there were passes where he threw it, and and you realize when the, when they show the replay back, and we were talking about this all season, the, the you don't create separation. You know what I mean? Like the the wide receivers don't create separation. Now again, I'm not putting it on the wide receivers, and I'm also not putting it all on Cam Newton. Like it was just a bad a bad game all around, and I think because the 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 level of success. That the still that the Patriots have had their their lack of patience in quarterback, and I, it's, I don't think it's the lack of patience. I think it's also they haven't had to develop a quarterback. They haven't had to develop, you know, uh, an offense or, or stuff like that with you know with the, the 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 years they've had with Tom Brady. So the fact that you don't know how to draft a court or a wide receiver, you don't know how to develop a quarterback, even though Cam Newton, you know, is a veteran, I think speaks. To not only the success that the Patriots had, but the lack of development they've needed to do. So now they just, you know, Jarrett Stidham didn't look good. Cam Newton didn't look good. This is this all thing. And again, I'm not saying it's Cam Newton's fault because I don't think it is all his fault. I think majority of it actually is the organization altogether, seeing as though they haven't been able to get him or get a number one wide receiver. Hell, Bird, Kobe Myers, Nikhil Harry, they're not even set. They're not even number two wide receivers. So, I, you know, it is what it is. But they lost. So I think, I think actually, I think, yeah. So moving forward, you have the Vikings lost to the Saints 52 to 33. Again, uh, Alvin Kamara has six rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the most in a game in NFL history. So it's out to you. Uh, the. <laughs> The Buccaneers destroyed the Lions. I mean, it was forty-seven to seven. The Lions they just gave up. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on in the in the Bucks. They're ten and five. You know, so it's out to them. The 49ers beat the Cardinals. That was a huge game that the Cardinals dropped. Uh, you know, it, they needed that game, and the 49ers really didn't. The 49ers have no chance to make it to the playoffs, and the 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 Cardinals needed that game. But again, they lost. Another game that a team lost the freaking their the the their playoff hopes is the Dolphins beat the Raiders twenty six to twenty five. Again, I don't I, I understand that um, I understand that you know John Gruden. A lot of the players are injured and you know COVID everything, but you know there we've seen multiple instances with the Raiders that. I don't know if it's clock management. Well, clock management was god awful. <laughs> god, they played for a field goal. That's crazy. On Sunday, the Raiders played their that final drive so that the Dolphins can win, can get a free throw. I mean, can get a field goal. However, a field goal would have beat them. It just doesn't make sense to me. But hey, hey, <laughs> that's the Raiders. But now they're eliminated from the playoffs. Um. And it's funny because this this has been a, a an incredible incredible season, especially for the AFC. Because you got the Tennessee Titans as ten and five, you got the Dolphins as ten and five, you got the Ravens as ten and five, you got the Browns as ten and five, and you got the Colts as ten and five. We'll talk about the Browns and the Colts a little bit, you know soon, but one of those teams are not going to make the playoffs, and that just shows you how strong the AFC has been. But moving forward. The Chargers beat beat the Dolph Broncos nineteen to sixteen. Justin Herbert throws twenty eight touchdown passes, which is the mo- a rookie record. So I, I'm I I don't I it's tough because to me it's either Jeffries from Minnesota or Justin Herbert for the ro- offensive rookie of the year. I would give it to Jeffries. However, I wouldn't be upset if Justin Herbert won it. So the Browns. Lost to the Jets, giving the Jets a second straight win. 
They lost in twenty three to sixteen. Now that yes, uh, Sunday's loss was huge for the Browns because we just talked about they're ten and five and they're they're trying to make the playoffs. But I understand that Jarvis Landry and pretty much and four of their top five receivers were out due to contact tracing or whatever. But Maker Mayfield didn't look good, and I don't understand. So Kevin Stefanski, you have, um. You know, you have Nick Chubb, who is one of the best running backs in the league. You have Kareem Hunt, who is a very special talent when it comes to running back and catching the ball. I don't understand why you didn't run the ball as much as you should, especially when four of your top five receivers are out. I don't know what he was doing there, but they lost to the Jets. So the Ravens beat the Giants uh, 27-13. to and the Bengals beat the Texans, man. I'm gonna just keep saying it, man. Uh, free Deshaun Watson, but the Bengals beat the Texans 37 to 31. There's no reason the talent, the 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 talent that Deshaun Watson has. There should be no reason why the Texans are 31 or four and 11. That's crazy to me. But the Bears uh, beat the Jaguars 41-17. to The Jaguars locked up the, the number one overall pick, so they're most definitely getting um, – what's his name? They're most definitely getting uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, and the Bears, I think they've scored 30 straight points in uh, four straight games, which is the first since like 1965 or something like that. So, shouts out to the Bears. They're in the playoffs. So, the Chiefs – Beat the Falcons seventeen to fourteen. The kicker that has been incredible for the Falcons, uh, uh, something Yo um, or Cho. I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your last name, but he missed the game winning jump, and it was it was it was tough. But I do want to shout out Travis Kelsey for having the most receiving yards in a season by a tight end in NFL history. We talked about it a couple of weeks back, but. This has been the golden age of the tight tight ends. I mean, you look, you have Rob Gronkowski, you have Travis Kelsey, you have George Kittle, you have Mark Andrews, you have Darren Waller. This is the golden age in the tight end when it comes to receiving tight ends. Now, you know, I'm not saying he's the greatest, don't get me wrong, but I do, I, I will say this. I don't think that Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end ever. I'm not saying that. But I do think that if he continues this trajectory, I mean, what, this is the fifth season with 100 or more receiving yards. He just became the first, or the, the, the most, he just became the tight end with the most receiving yards in NFL history for a season. I think that Travis Kelsey can go down as the greatest receiving tight end ever i'm not saying overall i mean when you talk about receiving tight ends you look at tony gonzalez you look at shannon sharp you look at you know players like players that are able they're they're fast they have great hands and while they aren't the greatest blockers they do so much i mean hell travis kelsey leads the league in receiving yards not just by tight end but receiving yards in general you don't hear that especially from no tight end so i do think that travis kelsey can go if he continues his trajectory he can go down as the greatest receiving tight end ever and i think that especially what we're seeing it's kind of hard to argue against that you know what i mean so you know hey shouts out to travis kelsey but the colts beat uh lost to the steelers 28 to 24 the steelers clinched the afc north um, but the Steelers, again, I know they're 12 and 3, but they looked horrible the first half, majority of the game. It wasn't until, you know, the Colts fell apart as far as, you know, Phillip Rivers gave, threw some interceptions, uh, missed miss some, miss some key throws that brought him back in the game. And this was the first time, or first time this season, I think, that, Aaron, you know, Big Ben started throwing that zone deep. So, yeah. Uh, like we kind of talked about, the Panthers beat the Washington football team 20 to 13. The Rams lost to the Seahawks 20 to 9. Jared Goff broke his broke his thumb, so we don't they don't know when he's gonna come back. Um, Dallas beat beat the Eagles 37 to 17. I mean, it's it's it sucks that you know the. 
Now, so the final next week, there's still three teams that are uh, have a chance to win the NFC East. Now, NFC East has been horrible. We know that, but the Washington Football Team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Giants. They all need some help outside of Washington. All Washington has to do is beat the Eagles on Sunday. This game is so important that it got flexed to Sunday Night Football. All the Eagles have to do, I mean, all Washington has to do is beat the Eagles. Dallas, they have to beat the Giants and Washington has to lose. The Giants, they have to beat Dallas and Washington has to lose. So the Eagles are the only team in the NFCs that are eliminated. So it's, it's the NFCs, man. <laughs> Uh, the Titans lost to the Packers 40-14. to And then that was a big snow game. But even still, the Packers just destroyed them. And Devontae Adams had 11 receptions for 142 yards and three touchdowns. Again, for the life of me, I cannot understand. If you know who the number one receiver is. Now, this might be bad coach, bad scheming, or just how incredible this player is. I don't know. But... If you know who's the number one receiver is, I don't understand how they can they still get eleven receptions. It's crazy to me. So there, there's that man. Um, that has been. Is there anything else I want to talk about when it comes to NFL? Uh, no, let's move forward. So basketball, you know, the NBA started this week or last week. I'm sorry, and. There's some early takeaways. Now, these are way, way, way too early takeaways. But, like I said, it's only a week, and, and it's going to be a long season. But these are some takeaways I've got from at least the first week. I understand that these takeaways can change. They can be hella wrong. But these are what I'm saying. First takeaway is Golden State is going to be in some trouble. Man, I, I you knew with Klay Thompson being out that – majority of the offense was going actually all the offense was going to run through curry but you also knew that players like kelly Oubre and andrew wiggins and james wiseman and and draymond green had to step up especially on the offensive side yes you have steph curry who is the greatest shooter ever but they needed to contribute you know what i mean because they needed to i understand you're not going to fill the shoes of clay thompson but you have to do your best to at least contribute on the offensive side of the ball Kelly, Kelly Oubre has not hit a three yet this entire season. Andrew Wiggins has hit, I think, like maybe two or three. And Curry's even struggling. So if, if Curry's not playing well, Draymond Green hasn't played yet because due to injury. James Wiseman has been a really, a really good piece for Golden State. But they they're one in what? Two, one in three, or they're one in two, I believe. Like it's they're going to struggle if it's all going to be on Curry. Now, people saying, well, James Harden won an MVP and he didn't have anybody and Russell Westbrook didn't have anybody. Yeah, okay. Well, Russell Westbrook, his MVP year, they also lost in the first round. Now, they did make the playoffs, but they also lost in the first round. They also had Steven Adams. I think they had Victor Oladipo that year. Like, they had people to help. Uh, it, but... Again, I and you can say, oh, you know, this is all Curry's fault, but it's, it's really not. You know what I mean? So when you have Kelly Oubre, who hasn't hit a three this entire season, and in fact, he hasn't hit a shot outside of a, of dunks this entire season, and Andrew Wiggins hasn't played good, it's it's going to be a long season for them if they don't turn around. Uh, another takeaway is Brooklyn looks really good with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They look like they're probably the best team in the East. I mean, they look incredible. And it is now defensively they don't look all that great, of course. But when you have you know, Kevin Durant looks like he hasn't been injured yet. Even though I don't think he played the back to back last night. He 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 looks incredible. Kyrie Irving looks like he ain't been injured. And you know, shouts out to or no, uh prayers up to Spencer Dinwiddie Dinwiddie. He has a partially torn ACL and he's pro he's out for the season, but you know, you still have Karis LeVert, who's been great. You you still have Joe Harris, who's been good. You still have Jer Jared Allen. So Brooklyn looks great, man. They look incredible, and they're able to coexist. Another another takeaway is Washington has not looked good with Russell Westbrook and and Bradley Bill. Now Bradley Bill has looked good, but 
I don't know if Russell Westbrook is is fighting off rust. I don't know, but he just hasn't looked good. And I don't know the the type of lineups that I understand. Again, this is week one, and 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 you know I, I'm over. I could be over exaggerating, but some of the lineups that Scott Brooks is 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 rolling out there is is is, is odd to me. Like you have you have. Net Neto, you have Ishmith, and you have Westbrook at the small four position. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, another takeaway is stars are going to be stars. I'm looking at you, James Harden. James Harden has been has been demanding a trade this entire offseason. First game, man drops what 44 and 12. Like James Harden, he's he's just an official bucket, man. It don't care what's going to happen. James Harden's going to be a star. He's going to cook. And I think what last night. He had like the he had the most triple doubles since like 1972 or something like that. I don't know, but I understand he made some history last night. So James Harden is this is James Harden, man. Like <laughs> stars are gonna be stars. And my last takeaway, because I'm not gonna, you know, it's still early in the season. My last takeaway is Demontis Sabonis. Demontis Sabonis looks like an early MVP candidate. I don't think he will win the MVP, but I do think if he continues this trajectory, if he continu- continues to play this entire season, how he's played this first week, he has been incredible. He has been he's he has been uh, offensively he's been great, defensively he's been great, and he's been the heart and soul for this Pacers team. So because of that, I think he can finish if he continues how he's playing. I don't understand. Maybe, maybe because he doesn't get a lot of recognition because he's in Indiana, but I can see him finishing at least top three in the MVP if he continues to play how he's played this first week, which, again, he's been incredible. So those are my takeaways from the first you know week of the NBA. So, uh, you know, I understand it's still early, and I'm not saying that Things won't change. I'm not saying Golden State won't get on track. I'm not saying Sabonis will slow down. I'm not saying James. I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying what I've seen the first week. But moving forward, man, 2020 has been a heavy year for a lot of people. Hell, it's been a heavy year for everyone. If you in some sort, some sort of way, and this is the last Tuesday of the year. So. From the unpopular podcast, I want to appreciate y'all rocking with me this year. I know it's been it's been hellacious, but this is the last year of twenty twenty, our last uh, Tuesday of twenty twenty. And because of that, what I wanted to do was I wanted to give my top twenty events of I know whoa whoa <laughs> uh, top twenty whoa I wanted to give my top ten event sporting events of twenty twenty. Now, these are my top 10 events. And it's crazy. When I was looking up these a lot of these events, I was like, yo, 2020, it has, there's been so much that happened in 2020. I forgot about these events. So here's my top 10 from 10 to 1. Number 10, I have the Houston Astros gets caught cheating in the World Series in 2017. Now, a lot of people forgot, including myself, that this happened back in January. We all know about the Houston Astros. They got caught cheating. Uh, now I'm not. I'm not saying that they're the only team that cheats, but they got caught, and it was huge scandal. Um, they had signals and like cameras and TVs, and that was you know it helped. It gave them a decisive advantage in the 2017 World Series. Uh, not that much happened. I know their 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 manager and like their GM got fired, but. Yeah, that happened in January, man. Um, and it was huge because, like I said, this was the first time in a while, I think, that a team was legit caught cheating. And their cheating directly resulted in them winning. So, you know, that that is number 10. The Ash. <laughs> and I'm not, again, I'm not saying the Ash was the only team that cheats or the only team that cheated, but. The way that they cheated, uh, you know, stealing sign, stealing signals and stuff, and having like videotapes or video cameras or TVs and something that can in game, you know, that that helped, that directly won them a World Series. So that was number ten. Number nine, 
have the Dak Prescott situation. We all know about the Dak Prescott holding out because he felt he deserved more money from the Dallas Cowboys. Then he ultimately signed the franchise tag, which a lot of people, including myself, was like, yo, I don't know if you really want to do that, but he wanted to bank on himself again. And then he ultimately gets hurt, gets hurt, breaking his ankle, uh, being out for the season. And this, I, I said that this is one of the biggest events in 2020 because not only did this kind of, this was the first time I've seen, including my, including myself, because I was on this side too. This is the first time I've seen almost everyone have sympathy for a Cowboys player and understand the fight for a Cowboys player and for a player in general. And this was the first time that the entire sports world looked at an organization, looked at a situation, and was like, "Yo." This sucks. And when I say this sucks, I'm not talking about the injury. I'm talking about the franchise tag and how it kind of really shows that the organization is always going to go with the organization, not with the player. So I think the whole Dak Prescott situation is number nine to me because it, it really showed this. It really it really showed that the that how much the franchise cares more about the franchise than the player and this is the first time that one I sided with a Cowboys player, and two that you know you really saw the 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 sports world show support for a player's plight for respect, or yeah, a player's plight for respect from his own franchise. So that's number nine. Number eight. I have Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers has one of the greatest college football seasons in history. They had argued, I think, no one argued, but I think they were the great, at least numbers and statistic-wise, they were the greatest offense and the greatest team in college football history. From the numbers that they put up, from the yards, touchdowns, they 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 were the greatest. So, um, and this, you know, we really saw a player in Joe Burrow. One, this, <laughs> Joe Burrow has struggled his, his entire entire career college career until this season you know I don't know if it was the offensive coordinator I don't know if it was the pieces around him you know you had Jamar Chase you had Jeffries you had so many good pieces around him it just all clicked and I think that we even in the national championship against uh Clemson this was the first time I watched Clemson I watched Trevor Lawrence and I was like you know what LSU is just you can tell early there was no beating LSU. They beat, I think they beat the most top 10 teams in like college football history. I know they beat Alabama, they beat Texas A&M, they beat Auburn, and they beat Clemson. And they beat some, they beat somebody else. But they, they, anybody that they faced just went down. Like, and they were destroying people. Like, it wasn't even close. And like I said, I looked at the, I looked at the college, I mean, the, the national championship. And I was just like, yeah, Clemson has no shot. Like and it's 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 no fault against Clemson. I mean, you have Travis T. I mean, uh, uh, Etn. You have Trevor Lawrence. You have some of the incredible defensive players, but they did not have a shot in the hell. And you can see that from the first opening drive that LSU had. So number nine or number eight. I'm sorry. You have LSU as one of the greatest seasons in college football history. So number seven. You have Tom Brady leaves New England for Tampa Bay. This is a huge event because, of course, we know the greatness and the 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 length of greatness Tom Brady has had in New England. I mean, hell, that's twenty years of greatness, and nobody really thought that they would ever leave. I mean, he would ever leave. So. And because of that, like I said, now we see what Tampa Bay is looking like, and we also see what the Patriots are looking like. So this not only changed the trajectory, changed the trajectory of the pa the Patriots, but it changed the trajectory of the uh, the the Buccaneers. And nobody, I mean, I know a lot of people. Of course, we've been we've been hearing about it, but a lot of people didn't. This this changed the landscape, at least the AFC and the NFC. Because think about it. You, you don't ever you never hear the the Bills being the best in the AFC North, like or no AFC, like what is it AFC East, AFC whatever. Like you have you don't really hear the, the about the freaking Bills being a twelve and three. Like now now you, you never hear the 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 <laughs> the AFC usually was a shoo in for 
the Patriots getting him because that's how good they've been because of the greatness of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So because of that, like I said, that's why it's huge. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of people think, or at least thought before the season started, they're good enough to hell. Yeah, Skip Bayless is still now, but they're good enough to make any and ultimately win the Super Bowl. So, like I said, Tom Brady leaving is number seven in my top ten events in 2020. Number six, I have Patrick Mahomes signs the largest contract in sports history. This is huge for a lot of reasons. One, Patrick Mahomes came in, you know, shut, shut the game on lock. And Patrick Mahomes, is, his greatness has been seen not just with him, but Travis Kelsey has, like I said, arguably one of the greatest receiving tight ends ever. He played before Patrick Mahomes got there, and we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes, you know, we haven't seen Travis Kelsey look this good. Tyreek Evans or Tyreek uh, Hill played before Travis Mahomes, and we haven't seen him look this good. So, I think not. Not to mention he's African American, signing what ten years, two hundred and something, no, like five hundred. I'm sorry, like ten years, five hundred something million in incentives almost every year. That is a power move. If if power move, if, if, I can't like sign a con, sign a five hundred million dollar contract is is astronomical to me, and is astronomical to the world because we've never seen it. And I think and, and the thing is. It was also huge because when we heard the money and we heard we heard how you know how much money it was and and who it was there I don't think there was anyone that was like huh damn that he, you think he deserves that I don't I did not hear one person say I don't I don't know if Patrick Mahomes deserves that everyone was like yeah well it's Patrick Mahomes that's how great Patrick Mahomes was so and is I'm sorry so that's why I have number 6 Patrick Mahomes signs the largest contract in sports history number 5 I have LeBron James and the Lakers win the championship. LeBron wins his fourth championship ring, and the Lakers win the 16th, I believe, in the bubble. Um, We all know about the bubble. We all know about, you know, the greatness that is LeBron James, the greatness that is Anthony Davis, and them them coming together not only solidify, I think, Anthony Davis, especially where he is in his career and where Dwayne Wade was in his career and, and Kyrie Irving, was in his career. I think that Anthony Davis is LeBron James's best co-partner, and I think he fits with LeBron James better than Dwayne Wade did. And don't get me wrong; I'm not saying they didn't fit well. Hell, they got two championships out of it, but and Kyrie got one championship out of it. But I think that Anthony Davis fits LeBron James's play style better than any of them. And I think you know, again, we saw. We saw how crazy the bubble was and how crazy it, it had to be for, you know, COVID and everything. And the fact that, you know, you come in and you beat who's in front of you is 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 a testament. Now, a lot of people is going to say, you don't know, this is an asterisk uh, championship. Hey, you win, you win. If it, was, if it was that easy, anyone can win, in my opinion. So, but they didn't. And it was LeBron James winning his fourth championship and the... LA Lakers winning their, I think, 16th. So, you know, that's number five. And that's only topped by number four, which is the Dodgers winning the World Series. Because I don't think the Dodgers won since like 1980 something. Like, the Dodgers have been always close, but no cigar. We know about the the the, the playoff history of Curtin, or Clayton Kershaw. And we know about some of the blunders that the, the the Dodgers have. So when they're able to, you know, they bring in Mookie Betts, uh, and they have the they ha- you can tell early, like ah, oh, this this team is incredible. Now I thought that the Rays could win, but I didn't know. I I do see the talent that the Dodgers had, and they all can they they came together. I don't know if it was them getting Buki. Chase Budinger was great. Like it, it, everyone was firing on all cylinders for the for the Dodgers and that's why them winning the World Series is number four. Number three, I have the Bucks boycott the what game five of the playoffs due to social justice. This was huge to me, to me, this is arguably the biggest moment in sports history now the reason why it's not number one because my number two and number one kind of we'll talk about it 
But to me, this is the big. This is one of the biggest moments in sports history. So seeing as that, <clears throat> this led to the entire NBA postponing for a few days, baseball postponed, hockey postponed. Like this caused the world, the sports world, to stop and actually look at what you know what, what was happening with the social justice fight and the Black Lives Matter situation or movement and. The Bucks boycott not only and you know it wasn't planned uh, because like I said LeBron James was upset because it wasn't you know I'm, it's not just LeBron let me let me not throw LeBron out there but people it wasn't as no one was prepared except for hell there was a lot of Bucks players that didn't even know what was happening until they got to the state or got to the arena so I think that this is probably the biggest moment in sports because like I said it was a trickle down effect. Um, like I said, it, it hit basketball, it hit ba- uh, baseball, it hit golf, it hit soccer, it hit hockey. And I think they all stopped to look at what social, like what's happening with this on the social justice front. So that's why I have that number three. Number two, I have COVID hit me sports. The reason why I have it above the bucks is because COVID hit more than just sports, you know. Of course, we know about the Rudy Gobert incident. That's when you heard about the basketball. But like I said, it just – and COVID hit the whole world. Don't get me wrong. COVID hit the whole world. But one thing that sports and the entire world has been able to kind of do is separate itself. You know, we, we know about politics. We know about, you know, a, a lot of at-home stuff. But a lot of – People escape with sports. This was the first time something that was at home also affected sports. I mean, it shut down leagues. It shut down. I mean, think about it. Remember before COVID, there was an XFL. There's not an XFL right now, at least until like 2024. Like, think about that. COVID shut down sports and sports had to walk around COVID. Like I said, you you had the bubble with the NBA. Now we have player, you know, NFL and COVID protocol and people missing out and and college having to adjust. The whole world had to adjust to COVID and sports was no different. And that's why that's number two on on my list. Now, people ask me why that wasn't number one. Um, Well, people don't understand why that was number one. In sports, uh, in life, people... There, there's people that for some people, let me say this for some people, there are, are figures. There are people that you may have never met, but have a significant impact on your life. For instance, I know my mother, my mother was distraught when she found out that Prince passed away. And I'm thinking, you never met him. Like how in the world are you, are you hurting so much with Prince, like you never, she just made music, but he had such a connection with people that you have never, you you may have never met him, but you feel like you, you guys know each other from the music and from their impact on, on your life. I know a friend of mine, a friend of mine, she was, God, you, you thought a parent died or something. When Michael Jackson died, she was boohooing. She was like, I got to call out of work. Hell, a lot of people like that because of the connection that Michael Jackson or his music or what he did or what he's done has has on their life. There are people that they may have never, you've never, may have never met them a day before in your life, but they have such a connection. And that's why number one, and it's hard to talk about, but number one for me, uh, was the death of Kobe, Gianna, and when the plane crashed back in January. I mean, July, yeah, January. Uh, I remember, this is one of those, those are one of, that was one of those incidences where I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I can tell you the phone call I got. I can tell you how I felt. Um, And this will always stick with me. I was never a Kobe fan like a Kobe Kobe fan growing up. I was always with Iverson, but I respected, you know, Kobe's game and, and, and Kobe's approach to the game. And I respected that. And I knew that Kobe, even though I was a diehard uh, Allen Iverson fan, 
I knew how great Kobe was. And it was more beautiful seeing Kobe throughout. I felt like I grew up with Kobe. You know, I seen him when he was a teenager coming into the league. And then I've seen him, you know, his last shot. And then, of course, I've seen him win the, was it Oscar? Win an Oscar. uh, And him being a father to his incredible kids and being a husband to his incredible wife. You know, I just felt connected with him. So I was distraught when I found out, you know, the, 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 un, you know, the, the day with the plane crash and, and him passing and his daughter ultimately passing. I was, that's the first time in a while I shed legit tears. And yeah, man, I, I had to put that number one because that affected me more than any of these instances. I mean, more any of these situations. That affected me, and I and and we know y'all know I love sports to 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 hell. This is a sports podcast, you know what I mean? Like I get I love talking about sports, but that was a tough day for me, and that I, I think about that instant. I think about that moment uh, a lot, you know this 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 year. So Kobe passing and his daughter ultimately passing was de- is definitely the number one. I guess sports event in in 2020 to me because that to me had the biggest impact on me. Uh, so, damn, I hate to end more in morbidly like that, but I appreciate you guys for listening. This has been this episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Um, let me know what some of your biggest events were in 2020 when it comes to sports. Hell, you can talk about personal. I, I, what what are some of your biggest events that happened to you or that you think happened in 2020 let me know i appreciate you guys i hope you i i wish you the best next time i see you it'll be 2021 uh i love you guys i thank you for the continuous support uh please subscribe to wherever you're listening to please subscribe wherever to you're watching to and again i hope you i hope you have a blessed 2021 because and i will see you there until next time much love.
So you wanna talk shit? Head on your mouth. You wanna see my black ass right in front of your house? With some shmurders in the flag wrapped around my mouth. I ain't come to talk, I came to bang it out. Just call them things up, they back and brought them shoot them. The ones he disrespect is like I gotta go. Shit, bitch, grab a tooth, 